A spectator subscription is now better value than ever before. As a new subscriber joining today, you'll pay just £1 a week for unlimited online and app access in your first year. To subscribe today, go to spectator.co.uk forward slash unlimited. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and I'm joined by Katie Balls and James Forsyth. Well, Boris Johnson has made another intervention in the cost of living crisis debate. James, just bring us up to date with what the Prime Minister has been saying. So Boris Johnson uh, has said today that you know there will be more financial support ahead of October and January. That Those are the next two times that the energy price cap is expected to rise. Now, in some ways, I think this is a statement of the obvious. When you look at the size of the increases that are coming down the track, it is impossible to imagine that the government could not offer more support to people to help deal with them. But I think the fact he is saying it now, and this refer, I I think shows that the the government are concerned, even this outgoing government, are concerned that they are getting criticised for potentially giving the impression that, 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 that there might not be more support when there obviously will need to be. So while he is not announcing the specifics, I think what he is trying to say is there will be more support. Now, that will obviously beg the question of what is that support going to be? I think we will probably have to wait until Ofgem announced precisely how much the cap goes up by in October on August 26th, which is two weeks away today before we get start getting specifics from the candidates. But I think it is interesting that you are that, 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 that you are beginning to see the outlines of a plan, I think, from within government and also from the candidates. I think I think that you know it is quite clear now that there is gonna have to be more direct targeted support come October and then again come January. And I think that January point is important because one of the things that we are seeing here is that with the price gap expected to carry on rising and energy bills expected to remain at a very elevated level for at least the next year, that I think means that whatever support package you come out with, has to, you have to be able to replicate that again as this crisis continues. Katie, just tell us a little bit about what Liz Truss, who is widely expected to win this contest, might do and what she said so far. Well, there's been a journey. We had, of course, no handouts. Now we have potential handouts. But again, I don't think handouts are the word that um, the trust camp will use if they do announce emergency relief. I think we're now at a point where it's quite clear where Liz Truss sits in terms of her political instincts, in terms of the frame it should work from, is she would far rather prioritise reducing the tax burden to announcing emergency relief and direct payments. And I think we've seen that Yes, that's the rhetoric, but as it's been tested, as the days have gone on, she's had to move away from it to a degree and say, of course, she's going to look at more help. And I think those around her do expect there to be help, which would, you know, for for the more vulnerable. We know that Liz Truss would have an emergency budget. We know that emergency budget would include reversing the national insurance hike. It would also involve reversing the plans to hike up corporation tax. And... I think there is a question, which is, would it really be politically possible to announce all those things, which you know how Labour and others would depict, and they would say, well, this is a conservative way 
and th- and this is actually going to work and boost growth. But would it be politically possible to do all of that and not do more when it comes to pensioners and low earners? Because the national insurance hike, as figures put out by Rishi Sunak's team have shown, doesn't really do much to touch the sides when it comes to lots of the people who are going to be most in need when you have the energy price cap rise. So we would expect when the figures for the energy price cap come out, which is the 26th of August, that's when we expect Rishi Sunak to come out with specifics in terms of what um, offer he would give in terms of relief packages. This trusts camp have made no such suggestion that once the figure said they would do it, I think they want to, perhaps because uh, they've by far seen as the most likely group to move into number 10, they want to keep as many options open to them as possible and not tie themselves down. There's less of a need to do that. But I do think this week has been interesting just in the sense that Liz Trust, I still think, you know, MPs, members think is, you know, far ahead and most likely to enter 10 Downing Street. But I do think the fact that it's all become about uh, you know what help are you going to offer has at the very least led to some of Liz Truss's supporters to say wait wait we know what you're saying to the members we, we know what you're saying in the campaign trail but like there will be help yes and and I and the answer um I think is you know yes in some form but when it comes to the rhetoric, and I'm sure we'll get onto it, it does feel as though Rishi Sunak is much more comfortable owning that space. And there's an issue where Liz Truss's camp want to almost attack him for his politics with the economy, which then suggests that she would have to go a slightly different way. Yes, James, Rishi Sunak has been uh, accused by the Liz Truss camp of being like Gordon Brown, which wasn't an insult anyone saw coming before this leadership contest. Is it now just the case that, that, that both sides are just trying to come up with new things to say to insult the other without necessarily thinking about the um, the long-term implications? We've had complaints from some Conservative MPs such as Justin Tomlinson um, and we've all spoken to people privately who are not edified by the way this contest is, is going. Look, having been friends with him for many years, the, the similarity between Rishi Sunak and Gordon Brown had previously uh, escaped me. I think there is an interesting question, though, here, which is how do you deal with the scale of the challenge that is coming on energy bills? And I think that one thing that we can slightly forget in this contest is that I think it took the pre-resignations Johnson ministry with Johnson at number 10 and, and, and Rishi Sunak at number 11. It took them time to get to the place of offering this kind of di- level of direct support. And I think it's one of the things that Katie was saying about what you see with this tack from the, the trust campaign is that when you consider the scale of the problem, it is very difficult to see how you deal with it without some level of direct support because one of the problems is that a lot of the people who will most need help, whether that be people on low incomes or pensioners, don't pay that much tax. And therefore, tax cuts don't provide the help for them that you need. So you get into this question of of how best to do it. I think one of the other things that we can kind of slightly miss in all this, again, is how high up the income scale concern about these bills is going to go. I think one of the things is this is not just about households on 20 odd thousand pounds a year. There are going to be households that have previously considered themselves fairly comfortable who are going to find things difficult this winter because of the sheer scale of these price increases. And that is something that we that we need to think about and also think about the ways in which the challenges 
of the winter kind of interconnect with each other, something that we, we talked about, about yesterday as well. You know, you worry about, you know, pensioners not heating their homes and that inadvertently leading to more pressure on the NHS and things like that. And, and just, just on that point, I mean, I thought Ben Houch made an interesting intervention this week. Um, that is a Tees Valley mayor who, I think if we look at his, uh, the percentage which he's voting is, was at least for the time of his election, the most popular Tory in the country. And he's backing Rishi Sunak, but he was actually criticising both candidates for the point James is making, which is a lot of people who don't see themselves as, you know, households, which... Are in the most vulnerable category are about to experience things they haven't really had to worry about for some time to, to the level, and I've yesterday was uh, went to a few events uh, with Tory members, and we, of course uh, you know, and I was saying this earlier, you know, oh Liz Trust is trying to attract the Tory members to the tax cuts message, but it is worth pointing out not every Tory member is saying tax cuts now, and actually I I think there is just such a growing concern about way the way things are going that lots of the People are saying, well, yes, of course you want tax cuts, but the storm that is on its way is, is going to be so bad that perhaps it just isn't practically the, the best thing right now. And then finally, James, there was a meeting yesterday uh, between Boris Johnson and the uh, some of the big energy companies and uh, his chancellor, Deem Zahawi and Kwasi Kwarteng were there too. And there have been some suggestions And of course, one of the suggestions that has been made outside of that meeting is that there should be a windfall tax, uh, further windfall tax on the profits of of energy companies. Was that something that um, that, that was put forward by the by the three ministers at the meeting? Both Boris Johnson and Kwasi Kwarteng certainly are known to be sceptical of of windfall taxes. And and given how many people think that Kwasi Kwarteng might be the chancellor if Liz Truss wins, you know, I I suspect that that message will come through. And and also she was very sceptical. Liz Truss herself was very sceptical of the idea of of a of a further windfall tax at, at the hustings in, in Cheltenham last night. I, I think the question in a way is, what are these energy companies going to do? Because I think there is, a, there is a point from their own point of view here, which is a situation where families are really struggling to pay their bills and these energy companies are doing really big executive pay packages and doing huge share buybacks. That, to my mind, strikes me as a, as a as a recipe for left wing economic populism. So, you know, forget a windfall tax now. You are boosting the chances of uh, of a quite profound shift in what people's views of these companies are. You, you've already got Gordon Brown again. One can I, uh, look. I think there are some massive practical problems with what he is proposing. But it is a sign of the times that a, that a former prime minister who is not perceived as being on the left of the Labour Party is prepared to say, you know, if energy companies can't reduce bills, they should be nationalised, temp- I mean, albeit temporarily. And so I think that when, one of these things these companies need to think about is they need to, to think about the political environment that they are contributing to. Um, now, I think we also should be clear that these companies, they can't unilaterally change the regional European price of gas, right? So let's also be realistic about what they can do. But I think there are things that they can do in terms of reducing their profit margins, being sensitive about what they do with the money, and also investing and saying, look, we are going to try and get more energy on stream because... We understandably talk about the price a lot, but one of the other worries is, is there simply going to be enough supply this winter to prevent blackouts in in Britain? I think it's a really interesting question, which I I think we discussed a few days ago, but I think now it's got a bit more momentum, which is, 
Would Liz Truss keep the current windfall tax? Um, she has said in hustings that she was against this idea of strengthening the windfall tax. We covered that on Coffee House, you know, the quick, quite hostile briefings from the trust camp trying to distance herself from anything like that. Even going so far as uh, attempting to, to blame Rishi Sunak, the ghost of Rishi Sunak in the Treasury. But you now have a situation where if, you know, Kwasi Kwarteng is going to be Liz Truss's chancellor, which seems, I think, probably... A decent bet, though nothing is certain in politics. We know how opposed he is to it. I think you also have a situation where, um, you know, if Liz Truss, her argument for, you know, which you're hearing in Hastings by not having a further one or, or, you know, adding to it, could also apply to the one that currently exists. And it was interesting when um, Therese Coffey was ultimately doing media. She refused six times, I think, this morning to, to confirm whether Liz Truss would keep the existing windfall tax. And I think it just adds to the point we are talking about earlier, which is... There were lots of Tories at the time who were aghast at the idea of a windfall tax, really opposed to Rishi Sunak, who was seen to be pushing it through. Lots of them were around Boris Johnson. I think he's about Andrew Griffith, David Canzini, figures in the number 10 team who were saying this is, isn't what we should be doing. So it's the kind of thing that would probably would have some support in the Tory party and with some Tory members. But if we're talking about this emergency budget, and we don't know yet... Uh, you know, we're jumping the gun to say it'd be in that, but I do think the politics of you know undoing what would be several billion coming from these companies just as their profits are going up and energy bills are, at the very least to say brave in terms of how the public could react to it. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening.